welcome to PCI Cast, a conversation about life and faith in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. Let's hear what the team have been talking about this week. Well, hello everyone. Good to be back with you again on PCI Cast. My name is Craig Lynn. I'm the minister of Rathcool Presbyterian Church. Good to be uh, with you today. We're joined today by my co-host on this uh, esteemed podcast, the Reverend Ben Preston. How are you doing, Ben? You okay? Yeah. Um, hello, all you cool uh, Presbyterians uh, or Calvinists, even. Um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's it's all good here. Um, we're how many weeks in? Four weeks into a lockdown, but uh, still pretty busy. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Uh, isn't it odd? I mean, we'll we'll talk to our our guest, whom we'll introduce in in a second, but, yeah. but just how. Um, it seems that things are are more busy, despite the fact you can count on one hand really how many times you've been out the front door in the past kind of three or four weeks. It's, uh, it's a weird season to be in. But listen, the Lord is is good, and He is still working in the hearts and lives of uh, the people we serve in our congregations, and still working in the hearts and lives of those whom uh, our congregations are called to minister to. There's plenty of stories I've heard from yes. from. Are, are are really seeing the Lord move in their lives and and in the lives of their families at this time. It's great as well that you know social media is is really awash with a lot of uh, content at this time. A lot of it is 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 pretty good as well. So it's great to see that you know churches having stepped up and are are, are putting stuff out on on the web perhaps more so than usual. Um, I- it seems to be getting around a lot more people than usual. So it's it's good. But but yeah, it's a weird uh, kind of time. And it's lovely to um, see so much content being produced, um, but not just by uh, by churches. Also, uh, there's lots of new podcasts going up, and uh, these three remain um, is a, a new PCI uh, podcast uh, by Rick Hill, and it's been encouraging to to listen to, and we'll give it a we're, we're happy to give it a plug. Um, and I think other churches like uh, Rich Hill and uh, even Malone Presbyterian and others I've heard uh, are are entering the podcasting uh, sphere. So that, that I mean that's wonderful. Yep, no, it's it's all good. Uh, I've also just realised that before we get underway, we'll have to do uh, a bit of housekeeping. Uh, yep. Our our giveaway after the last episode is a book, Rejoicing in Lament, by J. Todd Billings. So congratulations to our winner, whom I'm just about to draw uh, right now. <laughs> Here, Ben, pick a number between uh, 1 and 14. 13. 13. It's Garibaldi McFlurry. Uh, congratulations. Congratulations. Garibaldi McFlurry is the rector of St. Matthew's in Rich Hill down in County Armagh. So congratulations. We'll be in touch and we'll get that book uh, to you pretty quickly. Uh, Without any further ado, let's let's introduce our our guest today. We're joined by uh, the Reverend Dr. Lord Sir Harrison Perkins, I believe. Is that the the full and correct title, Harrison? Uh, That may be an overstatement, but uh, yeah, something like that. Well, you're definitely Reverend Dr. Harrison Perkins. Harrison, good to be with you today uh, on PCI Cast. It's a real privilege to get to be with you, man. I'm excited. Lovely to have you along. I, I, Craig, I think you know um, Harrison um, from um, previous uh, adventures, but um, I don't. Harrison, nice to meet you. Maybe you could tell us um, a little bit about uh, yourself, how you came to faith, church education, that kind of thing, and uh, and then you're a minister, so... Uh, Talk, talk to us a bit. Yeah, I well, I mean, I grew up in going to church. Uh, it it's a denomination in America. Yeah, you can probably tell by my voice. I'm not Northern Irish. Yeah. 
Um, unfortunately, to my chagrin. Um, yeah, so I grew up going to church in the PC USA, uh, which yep. is, leans a lot further left than I do now, um, and just by a bit. Um, but so I grew up going to church. And uh, when I went to university, I got involved in a ministry uh, that did a lot of evangelism on campus. Uh, called Campus Outreach, yep. and they were very uh, intense about discipling people and teaching us to read the Bible, um, and so I ended up involved with them and started going to a PCA church, mm -hmm. Briarwood Presbyterian in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, yeah, from there, I mean, it was just a, a process of growing in my faith, and learning to take it seriously, it's, it's hard to tell uh, exactly when I became a Christian since I grew up in the church, but uh, grew in a lot of specificity about what the gospel certainly is yes. and what who Jesus is and what he has done for me. Amen. Uh, going to Briarwood and, and learning from other men in campus outreach. And so... Uh, a couple of years into that, I, I mean, I kind of felt like I was playing catch up. Uh, I, I hadn't known a lot about what the Bible teaches, and so I was throwing myself into book after book after book about doctrine and and theology and and what books of the Bible are about. And finally, kind of some of them started saying, um, I thought I was still just figuring out all the things they knew, and they were like, "Look, uh, we think you need to think about going to seminary because." We don't know these things anymore. <laughs> um, so I looked into that and, uh, yeah, ended up deciding to do that, to, to pursue pastoral ministry. It was For me, it was very much an external call situation. Uh, I liked learning, uh, and other people were saying it was useful when I would speak to them about various issues. And, and so I placed actually a lot of stock in the external call factor uh, for people, which is something I think that, yeah, maybe men considering ministry should think about, um, mm -hmm. just as a side note. And But from there, I, I did my—I uh, ended up going to Westminster Seminary, California, yes. is where I graduated with a Master's of Divinity, and uh, exciting place to go. I really recommend it. Lots of great guys uh, teaching there. And really influential professors for me, Mike Horton and Scott Clark, uh, the whole list of them, really. Um, and one of our ruling elders at the church where I serve now is, has been appointed as professor of New Testament there. So Brad Bittner uh, yeah. is an amazing guy. Uh, sad to lose him, but he'll be going there. Um, so I spent three years in San Diego. My wife and I, uh, whose name is Sarah, uh, we got married in 2012 and moved to San Diego, and uh, it was great, learned a lot, and did a lot of training about how to preach, what we're supposed to preach, learning how the confessions help us understand our Bible well and explain it clearly, and uh, I thought I was going to take a pastoral call uh, in San Diego, uh, and uh, there were some logistical—it wasn't—I uh, was in the PCA— the church that was going to look like it was going to call me wasn't, and so it was going to be a matter of coming into the PCA for them. And yeah, that ended up not being what they wanted to do. And around that time, uh, I was speaking with a guy in Belfast, Crawford Gribben, who teaches at uh, Queen's University Belfast. And we had been emailing. He asked me if I was interested in a PhD 
And I uh, had a, an idea about this guy named James Usher. I think we'll talk about him later. Uh, and so I ended up in Belfast and it was great uh, to work at Queens and to be in the PCI uh, for a few years as an assistant minister. Uh, I, I worked at a church, Second St. Field Presbyterian, and it was a great few years. Love the people there still. Uh, really a privilege to get to minister in Northern Ireland. And, and now I'm in London with the Free Church of Scotland. Uh, London City Presbyterian as the assistant minister here. Okay, so that's a that's a bit of a journey then from from PC USA to PCA to PCI to the Free Presbyterian Church. That's uh, that's a lot of stepping stones. But you you are now the um, the assistant pastor of London City Presbyterian Church, isn't that right? Yes. So. Um, to, Tell us what what ministry uh, looks like in in London for for you. Yeah, well, normally, um, so yeah, we're in the midst of this coronavirus season. So normally, you know, we do these crazy things where we uh, have two Lord's Day services and we visit people throughout the week and we we pray together and try to focus on God's word. Um, Amen. We we don't have uh, a silver bullet. We don't have any fancy tricks, really. We are uh, a pretty simple um, plan in that regard. We we preach the scripture. We try to have some midweek studies. We have a prayer meeting. Uh, we have services, and we visit people. And that's what it normally looks like. A lot of time in the Bible and a lot of time with people, for me. Right now... Uh, it looks very different. We're trying to keep track of people via Skype and the phone and all sorts of various ways. We have a, a weekly meeting on Zoom to get the congregation, quote, together, in a sense, uh, to pray. And it's been going well. I think people are encouraged by it. We, um, we pre-record a uh, a few things to release on Sunday. Mm. Our senior minister, uh, Andy Pearson, who's a great guy, uh, really a privilege to work with him and delighted to be his assistant. Uh, he's been preaching through First Peter, which he started doing uh, since the lockdown. And those are our videos in the morning. I have been doing shorter videos. So the morning ones have, we sing two psalms and we have some prayer and, uh, and a full-length sermon. In the evening, I have been doing a shorter devotional on a psalm, and that's been really encouraging for me. I'm a psalms kind of guy and love to sing the psalms, so it's it's fun to work through psalms uh, and try to give some thoughts for the end of God's day to help people keep observing it despite our circumstances. Uh, I'm I'm really excited about this other. That's that's kind of expected. I think the, this other thing is uh, new. Uh, I've started just released today as we're recording uh, a series of videos on covenant theology, mm. and I'm really excited about these. Uh, as we'll talk. Yeah, that was my my PhD work was in covenant theology, but these are really condensed. Uh, the longest video I was aiming for five minutes. That's not happened. But the longest <laughs> is ten minutes. So I think it's still within the realm of, of being digestible. And so we've released two, and it should be a series, I don't know how often we're going to put it out, of just trying to take a really specific facet of covenant theology, work through it bit by bit, show how it comes out of Scripture, and and get around to 
this helps us read our Bible. It helps us understand our relationship to God. And I hope that that becomes a really useful thing that can last beyond uh, this time in quarantine for our congregation and, and further afield, too. Yeah, no, we'll gladly provide a, a link to that in our show notes for, for brothers and sisters who are listening uh, over here on the, on the mainland. Uh, to, to access so uh, no that sounds really great I, I I saw that being shared on on Twitter I think just about lunchtime there today so um yeah no I'll have a we'll have a look at that that that, that should be good you talked to us a little bit about what what ministry is is looking like at the minute what what is what is general life in London looking like at the minute I mean it's a it's a colossal city but I mean you know we're in we are in Ireland and Northern Ireland over here and you know life is uh, you know, a different pace over here compared to uh, compared to London. What 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 is what does day to day life look like at, at the minute over there? Yeah, it has certainly ground to a, a screeching halt in in some respects. Uh, most of my job requires a lot of public transit, at least for uh, doing visits. Um, and I mean, I I don't even have a car, and a significant portion of our congregation doesn't own cars. So anything we do usually involves being in public, being on public transit. Um, so all of that has come to a stop. And so we, most of us really are at home. Um, my wife and I are, are both working from home. And it's been a, a few weeks, really, since we've even left to do anything except the, the daily allotment of, of exercise, uh, a short walk. But even that in London is a bit eerie. There are, even the, the, the road where we live, there's plenty of shops that you worry, are, the, are these even going to open again? And in a, in a place where it's normally really busy and you're kind of annoyed that there's so many people, uh, right now it's unnerving in the opposite direction. Where is everyone? Uh, things have stabilized a little bit in terms of uh, provisions and that kind of thing but there were a few weeks when it was hard even to get normal stuff uh, not not the thing that everybody's missing the the gold nuggets of of toilet roll uh, and uh, and hand soap and and that sort of thing but uh, even just like chicken and beef weren't in in the stores and so that was yeah uh, disconcerting to say the least but I think it's come back some. And we're, what is ministry like? Well, it is weird. I think we are feeling our inadequacies in a, in a different and new way, for sure. You know, uh, Andy and I, neither are, are necessarily technologically gifted uh, in, a, in, a, uh, in an extreme way, particularly me. And so the the practice of filming our sermons is weird, I think, for both of us and difficult in a, in a couple of different ways. Um, and even just the editing of that stuff to put online. Uh, I should give a shout out. We, we have some amazing people who run our, our website. Um, a few people who do various things. Um, Laura and, and Bob. Um, do do a lot of it, uh, but then Catherine Pearson, who's our senior minister's wife, I really do think she she does a tremendous amount of work. Uh, we would say in Alabama a snot load <laughs> of work 
Uh, and she should get a lot of credit and people over overlook it, I think, sometimes. But she she does a ton. And we're really thankful for her gifts and the fact that she has kept the website as a centralized place to get devotional videos, information out to people. And and that's been the main way of communicating. And then just trying to phone, text, uh, Skype different people. We're a, we're a weird congregation in that we're so international. Uh, I think our biggest demographic right now is South American, uh, which ha- right. is a real blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we have people from all over the world. And one of the difficult things is some of them have had to go home uh, for various reasons. Some of them uh, are having difficulties because they're here and, and their family is other places in the world. So we do have some particular challenges, maybe unique to not just to us, but to us as a London congregation. Uh, We're thankful for some of those. Uh, We are grateful that God has protected us mostly from illness. We've had a few people get ill, but all of the ones so far have been young, strong, and and recovered. Mm. It scares with older, more vulnerable people. But uh, thankfully, it has not been coronavirus for them. And I think our biggest thing right now is is trying to pray that people uh, we have expectant mothers. I guess that's one of our big prayers mm-hmm. that they're protected. Uh, and then economic stuff that people's jobs hold out that they, they're able to sustain employment. We've had some trouble with that, but we're, we're praying hard for people to be provided for. Amen. Uh, Harrison, thank you for the um, window into the Covenant community in London with the trials and struggles. Uh, I know that um, we are thinking uh, of you there. Tell, tell me, though, you've written, uh, you've written a book <laughs> yeah. about um, Usher. Um, now, there was an Usher uh, who uh, poetically wrote about being sick and tired at home, but um, it's not that it's not that Usher. We're thinking more of uh, James Usher from the 17th century, a archbishop of Armagh, uh, a preeminent biblical scholar and Calvinist. You've written a book, um, Catholicity and, and the Covenant of Works, James Usher and the Reformed uh, Tradition. Take us into that. <laughs> yeah, um, I would personally say that James Usher is far cooler than the hip hop artist Usher. And whoever defaults to the other one, uh, they're behind the times and they're a, a little bit of a loser. Uh, so <laughs> James Usher, he's the new guy to know. Um, that's probably not actually true. I'm uh, out of touch, no doubt. So James Usher, yeah, he, he was an Irish archbishop. Mm -hmm. So his dates are 1581 to 1656. It's a really crucial time. He was one of the first students at Trinity College Dublin, which was founded uh, to train Protestant ministers for Ireland. Uh, He he became the Bishop of Meath. He was ordained 1602, became professor at Trinity of Theological Controversies, (laughs) which is an exciting title, no doubt. His main job was to refute Robert Bellarmine, who was a, a preeminent Roman Catholic apologist of the time. And he became Bishop of Meath in 1621, Archbishop over the whole Church of Ireland in 1625. Uh, and in the, in the midst of all that, I think one of the bigger contributions he made uh, was trying to help move the Church of Ireland, uh, which was the only 
Protestant church of Ireland uh, in the time, the established church, there, there were Presbyterians. Yeah. Uh, Presbyterians taught at Trinity College who had come over from Scotland and trained Usher. And Usher worked with people in the established church at that point who were convictional Presbyterians. Uh, yeah, he, he was an Anglican, um, as we would say today, but got along well. They produced a confession called the Irish Articles in 1615. Uh, and I have made an argument that Usher is the primary author of these. Some people have doubted that, but uh, there's a rough draft in his handwriting that I've found, and I think that seals the deal, personally. Um, one of the reasons we should care about Usher, so to, to fill out the rest of his life, he, he worked a long time in Ireland. Uh, he went to England in 1640 for church business. Uh, full intent, fully intending to come back to Ireland. Um, he had done a lot to oppose ceremonialism that was coming back into the Church of England and being imposed on the Church of Ireland. Uh, and the 1641 Irish Rebellion mm -hmm. prevented him from being able to come back to Ireland. Um, they essentially said, if you come back, we'll kill you. By the time the tensions around that had died out, he, was, he wasn't well enough to make that trip. So he spent the rest of his career in England, uh, preaching mostly in London, doing some stuff in Oxford, uh, but mostly preaching in London pulpits. And he was invited. Uh, he was appointed as a member of the Westminster Assembly. He didn't, he didn't attend uh, because he thought this is a, a parliamentary committee. And Parliament was in opposition to the king, whom he thought was appointed by God, and Parliament was in sin for opposing. So he didn't attend. And yet, uh, there is a profound case to be made that his Irish articles and his book called The Body of Divinity were uh, really significant sources for the Westminster Assembly as they wrote the, docu the, the confession and the larger catechism in particular, which we as confessional Presbyterians subscribe to. Uh, so that was kind of some of the stuff, the, the Westminster Assembly connection was what interested me and drew me into Usher. Yeah. I liked covenant theology. And so uh, he, I, I thought I would look into his, his name kept coming up in connection to the assembly. And I was thinking, uh, where is the book on Usher's covenant theology? If it's so important for the assembly and uh it wasn't there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I guess <laughs> I decided to write it. Enter, yeah, enter Harrison uh, decides to write this book. Um, so uh, it was great to be in Northern Ireland uh, mm -hmm. near Armagh, where Usher would have been for a lot of his career between Armagh and, and Dublin. Um, and, uh, yeah, exploring this idea of what did Usher do with covenant theology. And... I think that, you know, the book is is technical in, in some places and, uh, you know, it may not be for everybody, but the idea should be for everybody. Yes. Because James Usher uh, was trying to explain our relationship as, as God's creatures um, to God in terms of covenant. So God made a covenant with Adam and offered Adam confirmed eternal life. Uh, in blessedness, if Adam rendered perfect, uh, perpetual, and personal obedience to the law. 
so this covenant of works that God made with Adam, obviously Adam broke that when he, he uh, ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But Usher thought that this doctrine was was really important. Uh, my first idea when I began writing this book was to talk about all of the ways that Usher engaged covenant theology, the covenant of works and the covenant of grace. And it turned out he wrote so much about the covenant of works that it was a book on its own. Yes. Uh, and I think that that is something profound for us today to consider. If one of the biggest names, I mean, uh, I, I think that it's not controversial to say the biggest name in Irish evangelical Protestantism ever uh, is James Usher. Definitely. And one of the bigger names, uh, I mean, he's towards the top of the list, I think, of, of important people in Reformed theology in Britain and Ireland. Uh, mm -hmm. If he thought that this doctrine of the covenant of works was so significant, why have so many people today forgotten about it? Um, I think that there are a couple of reasons that we could talk about if you want, but I think that the, one of the things behind this book is, that motivated me was to recover what was so important about this, why would Usher make such a big deal about it, and, and uh, how can we think more carefully about it too? Well, maybe for maybe for those who are listening, um, uh, you're talking about this emerging covenant theology of, of Usher, um, found in the Irish articles, and let's let's unpack that for today. What what this covenant of works? Um, how is this new thing that you're discovering, perhaps, in, in, or, or revealing in, in Usher scholarship um, of worth for us today? Yeah, um, I guess one of the ways that I, I would uh, put that is two, th two, two fundamental things. Uh, everyone needs to be asking the question, what is my relationship with God? And, and how does that work? Um, yeah. if, if I am a creature... What does it mean for, you know, if, if God made me and God made our universe, what does it mean for me to have a relationship with him and how can that be done? Mm -hmm. um, well, the Reformed tradition ha has used this idea, of God, which is a supremely biblical idea that God made covenants with us uh, as his people. And so one of the reasons why we need to think a lot more about uh, anyone's covenant theology is it actually is the, the way that we understand how God relates to us. Um, as ordinary people uh, who need to have a right relationship with our God, uh, covenant is the, explan uh, the idea that explains it. Um, you know, uh, we cannot climb up into heaven by our own strength, even, even as... Uh, even as unfallen, you know, Adam and Eve could not have jumped off the face of the earth high enough to, to punch a hole into heaven and, and demand a relationship with God. God was good uh, and kind and loving and made a, a covenant and an agreement that said, Adam, here's what my relationship with you looks like. We, we are on good terms. I walk in the garden with you now, and I'm offering to to heighten your blessings. Uh, I will confirm you in eternal life in an even better creation than paradise if you will be obedient. And, and he didn't tell this to Adam, but that, that uh, 
term of, of uh, needing to obey would come to an end in the test with the serpent at the tree. That would end this probation of sorts. Um, and so God was being very good to Adam and offering him this heightened blessing above what he'd already done in making a relationship at all. And I find that very exciting because uh, now after the fall, we're not in the covenant of works, but we God still makes a covenant with us. We still don't have the ability to pull the ladder down from heaven and climb up ourselves. God makes a relationship with us. And especially as um, as fallen, sinful people, you know, I, I think that we have a, a really interesting predicament of how can we know that God loves us? Uh, how can we trust that God will keep his promises? And the answer is, well... Because God uh, made a covenant. A covenant is a binding agreement. You know, we do this when we buy a house. We sign a covenant. We do this when we get married. I promise God and these people here that I will love you for the rest of my life. Uh, and so there's something very, for our reassurance, that we're in covenant with God. I think that that's infinitely rich. Um <laughs> And yeah, I, I could talk about that forever, so, but I'll put it on pause for just a second to say why uh, should, what's up with this, this, you said new thing that uh, I've, I've found. Uh, I, I would say it's not a new thing. It's something we forgot. Uh -huh. We got wrapped up in all sorts of other questions, um, some of them very legitimate uh, we distorted some things. Uh, well, I, the gospel w was always there, with some at least, but we forgot about some of our really helpful categories like covenant, or at least set them to the side that actually are really powerful. Um, it is a, you know, I've, I've categorized it as a legal thing, and, and it is, and the legal part of it uh, assures us of God's promises, and so that's, I guess, you know, theological in a, in a stricter sense, but it's also really moving that God would make infinitely rich promises to us. When our first representative in the covenant of works broke the covenant, plunging us all into sin, mm -hmm. uh, God made another covenant and gave us a, you know, this is why the scripture calls Christ the second Adam, because mm -hmm. Christ came and fulfilled the law for us. Uh, Usher puts this in terms of uh, we had a principal debt. to We owed God obedience. Adam owed God obedience. And then we accrued a second debt by breaking the covenant of works, the debt of penalty. And Christ pays our debt because God is offering us this immense blessing of, of covenant relationship, of covenant life with him in the new Adam, in, in Jesus Christ, who fulfills the law, who credits us with his own personal righteousness, who uh, ensures, who, you know, when it talks about citizens in heaven in the scripture, Christ earns that for us. He earns our right to enter heaven. And if Jesus Christ stands in heaven for us, then we as believers know that we will go there, that he has purchased our citizenship there. Uh, he brings us into that by faith alone. That's the thing that ties us to this new Adam. Uh, 
you know, and all of these things are rooted in God's promise. That should be, I think, uh, immensely moving for God's people. It should provide a lot of uh, assurance of how much God loves us. Uh, It should help us understand more deeply what Christ did for us. uh, And it should motivate us more thoroughly to pursue holiness. Um, So I think that, you know, these things that aren't new, aren't things that Usher made up. Uh, One of the arguments of the book actually is that the covenant of works and the covenant of grace are, for Usher at least, just new terminology, a new way to package things that Christians taught in the early church, in the medieval period, and he's just packaged them together in a new set of terminology. Uh, So it's not new. Actually, it's forgotten. We need to recover it because it is so good for the life of God's church. Harrison, Ben and I endorse everything you just said there in such a a, 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 a brilliant and, and fitting summary really of of the under, of our of our understanding of covenant theology and its importance in uh, our life and faith uh, as uh, as Christians. Um, we, we, we talked just before we started recording Harrison about uh, uh, perhaps you recommending a, a book, if someone wanted to pick up something uh, as an introduction to the life uh, of James Usher, and I know you're going to give us a recommendation for, for that just now, uh, but would you have a recommendation of what someone could pick up um, to give themselves a, an introduction to, to covenant theology and its its history and its importance in, in our life and doctrine as well? Is there anything you could recommend there? Yeah, I, I would say the book that I would recommend as an introduction for Usher, um, there are a few things out there, but but an introductory work, the best one that I can think of is by Crawford Gribben, uh, who's, who's an excellent scholar and yet uh, cares deeply about God's people too. Um, his book, Irish The Irish Puritans, James Usher and the Irish Reformation. I think that's what it's called. Um, it's a short book. It's a helpful book. It gives you a sketch of who Usher is and and what he was doing working for Protestantism in Ireland. That's a great book. If you want to learn about covenant theology, if you've never heard of it, um, I think one of the probably the best uh, first book to read right now is called Sacred Bond. Uh, I think it's just come out in a new edition. It's by two men, uh, Michael Brown, who is now a pastor in Milan. Uh, and Zach Keel, who is a pastor in uh, Escondido, California. Um, it's a good book. It's a helpful introductory book. Um, and then, as I mentioned, you know, maybe f- hot on the heels of this interview, uh, we've started releasing videos on our church website that I'm doing. And I hope that we'll continue to, to walk those out over weeks ahead, looking at uh, various aspects of covenant theology, and I hope those will be introductory and helpful. They're short and bite-sized. If you want to take the next step up, Mike Horton's, uh, Michael Horton's introduction to covenant theology is is the probably the most extensive, but it can be a bit heavy uh, if it's your first thing. So, yeah, those are two uh, great recommendations there, Harrison. Thanks for for those. We we're going to be giving both of those books away uh, as our giveaway this month. So uh, once you uh, see this coming out, this uh, episode of the podcast, if you could like 
uh, and retweet our show release tweet uh, and we'll draw them at the start of our next episode for a chance to win uh, the Irish Puritans by uh, Crawford Griffin and also the Sacred Bond as well. We also want to give uh, a big thank you to the Evangelical Bookshop um, in Belfast who've been supporting our podcast through our, our giveaways and have been giving us books uh, for those. So big thank you to Colin uh, and to the Evangelical Bookshop for supporting us in the infancy of our podcast here. Good news, listeners. Uh, Evangelical Bookshop uh, has not closed down. It is still open, still uh, open for business. They're still putting books out. They're still getting good reformed resources in people's hands. So uh, be sure to, to visit their website, um, which is evangelicalbookshop.co.uk. Um, go on there, have a look. There's plenty of offers, plenty of stuff for you to uh, get your teeth into in this coronavirus season. Uh, Harrison, just as we wrap up, can you maybe give us a couple of points that uh, our listeners can be praying for, for you and for our brothers and sisters in uh, London City Presbyterian? Yeah, I mean, if if you could pray, one, that the efforts we're doing clearly in our weakness to, to care for God's people spiritually and materially, if God would bless those things. Uh, so as we try to keep up with people and feed them God's word. That would be great. Um, if I have a few projects, I guess personally for me, writing projects that I'm trying to get out about Usher and about Covenant. And uh, if you could pray that uh, God will bless those efforts, but also make them useful for the church uh, at some level, whether that's for pastors or, or for people in the pew, I would really appreciate prayer for, for that. Um, and outside of that, I think most of it's the general things that everybody needs prayer for. <laughs> but yeah. Amen. Uh, thank you, uh, Harrison. Uh, thank you for, with passion and uh, uh, insight, taking us to the covenant um, again. Uh, it, it is so wonderful to know that we have a God who, who says, this is my covenant with them uh, and I will take away their sins. Uh, the the riches and the the knowledge uh, of the Lord is 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 wonderful to reflect on from Scripture. Um, thank you and thank you for the reminder of our own heritage, um, our, with Usher and uh, here in uh, on this island. And uh, we'd encourage uh, the your book. Um, does it come with an academic price tag? <laughs> Unfortunately, it does. Uh, so uh, Colin at the bookshop has the best price in the UK. I, okay. I think that it is, I think that is 56 pounds. Um, yeah, for one book. Uh, I know it is, but it's a nice book. It's a good hardback. It's it's actually a sewn binding. Um, and, and it has been thoroughly vetted by plenty of people. So you know that it's not making stuff up. Um, you can, I'm sure, get it at various libraries if that might uh, help. So Queen's Library, Union Theological College is going to get it. Um, so push them to get it. Yes. Push them to get loads and loads of copies so that everybody can check it out at once. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it is a bit pricey. But uh, yeah, I, I hope that that um, gets the word out to a set of people who are teaching, academics are going to read this. And for good or for ill, um, usually academics are teaching our ministers. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the goal is, is get the word broadly out so that the teacher of teachers 
uh, knows about these things and will train us all to, to talk about them in the future. Okay. Brothers, sisters, uh, cool Presbyterians, um, thank you all for, for listening. And we hope this has been, uh, uh, it's been edifying for your, for your soul. Um, if you'd like to give PCICast a follow on Twitter, we're at PCICast. Uh, Craig is at Rookie Minister. I'm at Ben S. Preston. Harrison, are you on Twitter? I am Harrison uh, P87. Uh, I don't know if capitals matter, but H and P are capital. Um, yeah, so you can find me there. Thank you. And uh, all remains uh, for me to do then is to um, wish you well, and, and we trust this, um, and pray in God's grace that this lockdown will come to a to an end uh, shortly. Thanks for listening to PCI Cast. Join us again next time for another conversation about life and faith in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. In the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Twitter using at PCI Cast. See you next time. Is this the Tiger King thing? Yeah. Okay, it's, we ha- we haven't ventured to watch it yet, but no, it's it's it'll be eight hours of your life, but it will confirm to you beyond any doubt that the doctrine of total depravity is <laughs> still alive. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that I I I have imagined because I've heard some about it, and it's mostly from people over here, and they're like, "This is happening in America," and I'm I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds right." <laughs>